The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Amen. Well, I am going to be talking about the shepherds, and the shepherd story can be found in uh, Luke, the second chapter, specifically verses 8 through 20. Uh, But before I do that, I want to share with you three things, actually two things. I'm going to share with you two things that impacted my life last Sunday uh, that Pastor Sean shared. Uh, The two verses for me, uh, you may have had something else if you were here or if you were listening online. You may have gotten some other insights, but two things that have just really shaped my week last week. And I want to share those verses with you. Uh, they're Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, and also Philippians, the fifth chapter, I'm sorry, the fourth chapter and the fifth verse, the second part of the fifth verse. And uh, the way that I'm going to do this, because I couldn't make up my mind. Uh, I like looking at different translations of the Bible. I, it just makes that word so much richer. And so uh, for Hebrews, I couldn't make up my mind which translation I like the most. So you know what? I'm going to read both of them. And so I'm going to actually use them as bookends, and then I will do uh, the book uh, uh, Philippians. I'll do that one in the middle. So the first one, Hebrews, the 13th chapter, it comes from the Amplified Bible. He says, being content with what you have, for God has said, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor will I ever leave you or give you up. I will always support you, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not, I will not do that. So we take comfort and we are encouraged and we can confidently say that the Lord, he is my helper in time of need and I will not be afraid. And since that's the case, what will man do to me? Philippians, the fourth chapter, real easy. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Again, this one is out of the Passion Translation. But live content with what you have, for you always have 
God's presence. For hasn't he promised you that I will never leave you? No, never. And I will never loosen my grip on your life so you can say with great confidence, I know that the Lord is for me and I will never be afraid of what people may do to me. I just want to encourage you, whether you have anxiety, whether you just get discouraged at times, whether you feel like life is not going the way that you want it to go, I want to encourage you to read the Word of God. I just happen to like these today. But if I open up my Bible, I'm sure I'll find some more to like. And I want to encourage you to find strength and encouragement from the Word. And as you do that, you will experience that God is near. I want to talk with you about the um, shepherds. And again, that story is from Luke, the second chapter, the 8th through the 20th verse. I think the way that I want to do this is I want to read uh, most of this section. And in reading that section, uh, I'll come back and I will just give you some insights that I think that I've gotten from studying this. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And then suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That the Savior, yes, the Messiah, yes, the Lord, that he has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. And they were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds, they went back to their flocks, and they were glorifying and rejoicing and praying 
praising God for all that they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. I believe that we have a lot in common with these shepherds. Uh, And so to help see that, I want to tell you just a little bit about what shepherding looked like back in those days. Uh, To be honest with you, when you think about the shepherds, we have this picture in our head. Uh, One person that I read, he, he talked about how many people have been to a portrayal of the birth of Christ and they've seen people come with robes on and they've walked in there and as they had something on their head and the shepherds were, were there and they were ooing and aahing at the baby. And I think that's kind of the picture that we have of them. But we haven't really taken a personal look at who they are and what they looked like and what they did. The shepherds, these were people that were diligent in doing their job. These are people that they worked 24-7 and they did that for days on end. These are people that uh, because they were doing what they were doing, people didn't know who they were. And some of the thoughts that they had about them weren't good. These were people that weren't really accepted into society. Well, why not? Because they smelled like sheep. (laughs) That's why not. (laughs) I'll just move on. They smelled like sheep. And so because of their... Well, that was just one of the things. So people had all kinds of wrong ideas about them because they smelled like sheep, really. And so one of the ideas is they thought that they're not trustworthy. You can't depend on them. They thought that, uh, you know, some people, I'm going to call it voting. If you could vote, they would not have been allowed to vote. People would not have trusted them with their money. Uh, they, if, I don't think people went, well, they might have done this. Uh, They might have walked on the other side of the street when they seen them coming. Because people just didn't appreciate what they were doing, especially this group of shepherds. And then if we look at, so that's the community But if we look further and we look at their church community, they weren't accepted in church. They were thought to be people that couldn't understand the scriptures, that they were unlearned, that you couldn't tutor them and help them get anything. They thought that they were simple-minded and that they couldn't process information. Uh, because they were always with animals. They could not participate in the cleansing rituals of the synagogue. And because of that, they weren't allowed to participate in the life of the church. So they were excluded. 
And I feel like that was a great injustice. So they were excluded, especially when you consider with this group of people what they were doing. They were watching over the sheep that people were going to buy to do their offerings to God at the temple. Pretty important job, especially when you look at those sheep. They had to be sheep that were unblemished. They didn't have anything wrong with them. They had to be perfect sheep. And if they were broken in any way, if they had blemishes on them in any way, couldn't use them. And their value, the value of the sheep, would either be non-existent or be very low. And this is what the nation, the Jewish people, thrived on, was going to the temple and worshiping God. And to do that, they needed the sheep. They valued the sheep, but they didn't value the people who made the sheep thing happen. So just for something for you to think about, I'm wondering if there are times when you feel like nobody's paying any attention to you. I'm wondering if there are times when you feel that people don't value you. One of the things that uh, I appreciate about the very specific people that I work with, they say things, they do things that let me know that they like me and that they value what I do and the contributions I make, even if it's nothing but shuffling papers from one desk to another. Oh, thank you, Phil. I don't like doing that, and you do that. <laughs> How many of you feel like you're valued? When I think of the sheep here, I find it amazing what God did. I am sure that these people, that oftentimes they were sitting alone, and when they were sitting alone, that they, were, they felt alone. They felt by themselves. And I am thinking, especially for the job that they were asked to do, to take care of the sheep for the sacrifices in the temple, I am sure that most of the time they thought, you guys don't even care. If I tried to talk to you on a street corner, you would just walk away. Or you wouldn't walk towards me, you would turn and go the long way to get to where you want to go. And I'm thinking that at some point they begin to put that same kind of perspective on God. I'm sure that when they started out, they probably prayed, but when they seen their prayers not being answered, when they didn't see that God was with them, that they didn't know that God was near them, I'm sure that they struggled. And I'm sure that God just became a yeah, sure. 
There have been times in my life when I've been like that. Life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. Doors didn't open that I wanted to open. Uh, People would walk by me and not pay attention to me. There are times when I felt like I wasn't valued. And I'm thinking that at this point in their lives, on that day, on that night, I am thinking that when the angel of the Lord showed up, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, because God had not been near to them as far as they were concerned. He was just, he wasn't even a thought. And all of a sudden, this angel shows up. And the way this angel showed up, he showed up in style. It says that a bright light appeared. The glory of the Lord bright light appeared. I can't even, I can't even imagine what that looked like, guys. I can't imagine what that felt like. Because this is more than just saying, oh, the lights are on. I can see in the dark. This was more than that. This was a light that penetrated their very essence and being. This is a light that penetrated their thinking. They were looking and, and in a very mild and calm way, I'm saying this, and, and on the inside of them, they were jumping up and down. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to think. In fact, it says that they were terrified. I'm telling you, that light was bright. And it was the glory of God because God had come near to them. And that was the first time that they had ever experienced anything like that. They thought that God had abandoned them. They thought that God didn't care. They projected on God what they projected or what they felt from other people. And all of a sudden, he shows up in the middle of that thing. And the angel had to say, fear not. Sometime go back and read the first chapter of Luke and count how many times it says, fear not. The angel appeared to Mary. Uh, uh, the whole thing with, uh, uh, thank you, with Zechariah. Fear not. Fear not. I don't know how you fear not when you're looking at something you've never seen before like that. <laughs> how do you not fear? And when I say fear, I'm not talking about being afraid. I'm just talking about being awestruck. And their lives stopped at that moment. Fear not. And I think for them, their lives changed. And I think the reason why their lives changed in that moment is because they realized that God was near. When you're struggling, when you're having a hard time, when you don't know what to do, which way to turn, sometimes when you don't even want to get out of bed, well, that might be every day. <laughs> but sometimes when you're struggling, fear not. Because God is with you. I like what Pastor Sean did last week. 
Fear not. Fear not. As the story goes on, it says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That the Savior, yes, the Messiah, yes, the Lord, that he has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And then they say this, this, this is an interesting thing, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And I'm telling you, when they heard that, they started jumping on the inside of them because they knew exactly what that angel was talking about. And this was one of the focuses of their job. It is like God came to them in a very, very personal way. God was very intimate with them. This is what I mean by that. Their job was to raise and keep safe and protect those sheep. That was their job. And the importance of their job is because to, to re- meet the requirements of the Old Testament laws, they had to have perfect sheep without any breaks, tears, blemishes. They had to be perfect. And so what they did was in the homes or underneath the homes or in the caves that were underneath the homes. They created uh, what they called it as a general space, a general room. And a lot of times, this is where the animals that needed help, that needed to be watched, this is where they did that. They would bring them in to their house, more or less. And even if it was a cave, the house was built on top of the cave, and they, create that, they treated that cave as if it was part of the house. And then for the sheep, what they would do, like, like I, I don't know about you all, but when I was growing up, I'm trying to think if I was ever in a Christmas production. I probably wasn't. That's a good thing. We, we had these little manger things going on. And they were usually made of wood. They were usually V-shaped. And, and you put the little dolly in there. Uh, there's a reason why we didn't use a real baby, okay? <laughs> we put the little doll in there, and we just ooh and on. People would surround it, you know, at the big scene and everything. You know what? That was not the deal. That's not how this thing worked. Sometimes what they would do is some way, somehow, they would carve something out of the cave wall. And it's usually rock that they were working with. They'd carve something out. And it would probably be about like this and about like this. And sometimes they would put water into that. But when they had a sheep that was having a hard time, a little lamb that was sick, or a little lamb that they couldn't trust, you know what they would do? They would get linen cloth. They would get cloth and wrap them up, bundle them up 
real tightly their little legs and everything so that they could not move. And then they'd put them in that trough. They called that a manger to protect them and to keep them safe. And so when the angel came and said, this is how you'll know who Jesus is, this is how you'll know who the King of Kings is, is because he came and they put him in that thing. And when they said, this is how you'll know, he'll be wrapped up and he'll be in the manger. And I'm telling you, on the inside of them, they started jumping up and down because all of a sudden they said, what we've been spending our lives doing 24-7 for how many years? What we've been spending, it's true. It's happening right in front of us. God, who is near to us now, he sent his son. He sent his word. And they were like excited because they knew exactly what the Lamb of God meant and exactly that he was in the place, city of David, Bethlehem, where he was supposed to be. And they got hold of that just like that. I'm telling you on the inside, just like right now, just me talking about it, I'm jumping up and down on the inside. You say, Phil, you look like you normally look, half asleep and <laughs> like you're not doing anything or paying any kind of attention to anything. You look like that all the time. I'm saying you have no idea. That's what I'll just tell you. You have no idea what's going on inside of me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the angel said, and then the angel said, you know what, I just want to double up on this message. And, and the way I picture this, uh, I, it didn't happen this way. This is just me being goofy. And the way I picture this is he just whoosh, did that whistling thing, and all of a sudden the skies filled up with angels. They called it the angel army. They just filled up with angels in every place. And I can't even imagine this. Every place they looked up in the sky. I mean, you still got this bright thing going on, and now you look up in the sky, and how could the sky be dark? How could they show up? How? But it was filled with angels. Whew. One of the things I hope to do is to study. One of the things I'd like to study is angels and what they do. Oh, my goodness. If we had any idea of God's protection and the part that angels play in that. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And they're looking up at that. They're looking around and then they're thinking about the message that they just heard. And they said, count me in, count me in. Come on. Where do we need to go? Where is he at? He said, he's in Bethlehem. I just told you where he's at. And the angels started singing. Oh, man. Can you imagine that? Have you ever heard somebody sing and thought, oh, that sounds so nice. That sounds so angelic. They had a sky full of sounding nice and angelic. Whew. Oh, man. God was near. Who then shall they fear? Man 
Are you kidding me? Man can't reproduce any of that. Man can't do that. They can't stop that. They can't create it. Who should we fear? So the angels returned to heaven, and the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They say that there's a tower, or at least at that time there was a tower. They say it was about a thousand steps. So that would be for people that have a, the right kind of stride, a thousand steps from the city. <laughs> That'd be like a half a mile. All right? And so in this tower, the reason they had this tower is because they would have a couple of people up there and they would be looking over the fields, keeping watch. And they could see a greater distance than if they were just sitting on the ground. And so when this was over, the people that were up in the tower, they came down. And the people that were out in the fields, I think they kind of gathered together and they looked at each other and they said, we got to go. We have got to go and see this. Let's go see if we can find this thing. And so that's what they did. They went to the town of Bethlehem. And when they found them, and, and they said, how are we going to know? Well, we've got this picture of what this looks like, but how many places are there in Bethlehem? Well, Bethlehem was just a little place. So they literally, what people really think that they did, they literally went from house to house and looked in their little cave, looked in their little windows of their basement room until they seen the baby laying in the manger. And Joseph and Mary were there. I don't know how else or who else was there. Maybe there were some neighbors that had come by. But they looked, and they walked unashamedly into that place. They weren't able to do that before. They couldn't just do that because people wouldn't accept that. But they walked unashamedly into that place, and they began to worship. And they began to praise God. And I'm telling you, regardless of what they did or didn't look like, they were jumping up on the outside of them, on the inside of them, and they were rejoicing with hands lifted high because God had come near to them. And they could see how God had come near to them in Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Do you realize today, folk, do you realize that God is here, that he is here right now, right beside you. He's more real than you've ever imagined. He is excited for you and about you. He cares for you. Oh my goodness. And he's kept his promise all these years. When he said, I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you to the ends of the earth. 
He's never, he's never not done that. And I'm thinking that those shepherds, all of a sudden they realized, not only is God near in this thing right now, right here today, but he has been with us all this time. He's kept us. He's watched over us. Oh, he's been near us. He's protected us. He's protected our loved ones. He's protected these sheep. I'm telling you today that he is near you right now. When they figured that out, and they figured it out because of the angels that came down, the angel of the Lord that came down, when they looked up at the sky, when they seen the brightness, they had help. But they figured that out, guys, and it changed the course of their lives, I'm telling you. We don't have, I've never seen any stories about what happened after they visited. I mean, immediately after, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I'm telling you, their lives were changed because God came near and they recognized that he was there. God comes near to you because your lives have value to him. And because your lives have value to him, he has placed purpose and meaning in your heart. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you. You are not some accident. You are not somebody that just, that just, that just happened one night and all of a sudden you're here and now if you're an adult, you're an adult. If you're a teenager, you're a teenager. If you're a child, you're a child. You're, you're not an accident. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you. And if you, want to, if you want to figure that kind of thing out, realize his nearness to you. If you think, oh, life is just boring, I just, uh, you know, I just, uh, it's not exciting, whatever you mumble about, I'm telling you, God has a plan and a purpose for each of your lives. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how much in the middle you are. He has a plan. He has a purpose. Things don't accidentally happen. There's meaning. And you are a part of that. This is what the... the um, Shepherds did. So after seeing him, I'm in verse 17, it says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And then verse 20, it says this, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. Many people call these shepherds the first evangelist. 
meaning and purpose. They weren't afraid anymore. You don't like me, so what? I'm going to tell anyway. I'm going to do what I was created to do. You don't like my job? That's fine. I'll continue to do it. But I want you to know this. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Today, right now, I'm wanting you to begin to ask God, what is it that you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? They started acting on that immediately. How do I know that they were rejoicing? How do I know that they had joy? It's because they went and they did something. Don't stand on the sidelines, guys. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for appearing to the shepherds the way that you did, the way that you came near to them. We thank you for that. Now, Father, I just pray for us who are here today, whether it's in this room, whether it's in front of their TV or their computer, I pray for them today, Father, that you would put on the inside of them that you are really near to them. Let them know that you've been whispering into their ear and you've been giving them direction. Let them know that because of your nearness that they've been able to not do things that they should not be doing and that they've been able to do things that they should be doing. Father, I pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to us and that you would help us to know that we do not have to be afraid of you. That you really do love us. You really do care for us. Father, this, this Christmas, help us to have lives and to reflect joy in our lives. The lives that you've intended for us to have and to be. Father, we thank you, we appreciate you, we love you. We come and we promise now at this point, God, to walk hand in hand with you. We ask you to lead and guide us in all things. And we are very, very grateful, Father, that at every step of the way, you meet us and you walk with us and you pull us tight to you. Help us to see, feel, and know and understand that. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.